clubhouse. This is Lauren. This is Steph. We're going to be covering Little Fires Everywhere, Episode 2. Had a lot of questions from Episode 1. Do you think any of those were answered? We have a lot going on in this episode. The kids going off to the first day of school. Elena digging in deeper to Mia's references and her background. A lot going on with Izzy. We see the first few days of Mia and Elena working together, which is really interesting. Some more of Moody and Pearl's friendship. And we see Mia and Elena sort of bridge the gap a little bit when they discuss motherhood, giving us more pieces into these characters. Completely agree. So Mia, it's 1983. She's in the Chevette that she still drives. (laughs) It's a Chevelle, but okay. (laughs) I think she called it a Chevette. Okay. And I'm pretty sure a Chevelle is like a muscle car, right? Yeah. This is like a little hatchback. Super Mario Brothers knockoff. Maybe there's different versions. And there used to be like hatchback versions of the Honda Civic and then four-door versions. Can somebody please write in and tell us if there's such thing as a Chevette? (laughs) And if so, if Mia drives one. (laughs) She's in the car getting it on with who? We don't know. It's a man. Well, I say it's a man because, you know, in her Uh, nightmare, there was a mm -hmm. woman that was in her lap. So I do think it is important. Yes, this time it's okay. with a man. But it's with a man. Got Baby Pearl in the back seat. And the minute that Baby Pearl starts crying, maybe even just acting awake, she pretty much is like, you got to get out. <laughs> Was that Pearl's dad? Mm, it didn't seem like it. It really didn't, right? She's just like kicked him out. Like, get out. I definitely thought the baby probably wouldn't have noticed. Right? Yeah. I mean, she looked maybe one or less. And she was facing backwards, which, hello. (laughs) Well, if she was rear-facing, why did you stop? Good question. If she was having these relations, that means there's always a chance for another baby. There are some big question marks around Mia. What is she running from? What is she sad for? Any little Mm. clue about anything I'm going to grab onto. Did she lose a baby? That did not cross my mind. This episode alludes to maybe she did. Mia was extremely observant. She asked her boss about this waitress. Mia's on to the fact that she's upset, right? Okay, so you're on to something. It was curious why Mia noticed this waitress and inserted herself into helping her feel better or connecting with her. If you remember, the waitress was kneeling down like really into some baby. The next time she sees her, she's like talking to a baby, but then like tearing up and having to leave. And then she went and checked on her. Yeah. It's like she already knew she was going to be crying in the back room when she found her and then said I'll take your shift she's at dinner with her daughter Pearl and she's like okay I'll take your shift I know maybe she was just noticing another woman struggling with something and just trying to be kind I mean that's a good insight maybe that there's something there the very ending scene they're out on the back the waitress is taking a smoke break and she's sitting next to her she finally says what happened she asks about her daughter my guess is that something she's running from has to do with that opening scene. Why did Mia change her mind to be a house manager? Mia is very intent on directing and controlling the narrative that Elena is trying to piece together. So we see Elena checking into her references like Bill told her to. You know, the landlord had never heard of Mia Warren, so she bribed the police officer with pastries to do a background check. Mia sees these faxes come into her house. She's been checking in on Mia Warren and looking for 
criminal background check. Mia is just panicking. She sort of comes to her and gives her this whole story, whether it be true or not, painting this picture and controlling the narrative for Elena because without it, Elena is going to start piecing it together on her own. Mia is trying to sort of control the fire, if you will. She's shown that she has the capability to lie just in the way Mm -hmm. that she had her boss call and pretend to be her landlord. Which raised a red flag with Elena. Like she picked up on that. She's definitely trying to make sure that Elena trusts her. You know what she said? Most people wouldn't rent to somebody like me, a single black woman who had to break a lease. But you're different. Isn't that what everybody wants to hear? You're different. That's like the thing that guys tell girls that makes them like, (laughs) oh, I'm different. Immediately after that, Elena was like, oh, well, let's grab a glass of wine. So it worked. You know, she's suspicious and I'm like trying to figure it out to like, oh, okay, you're good. I trust you. I really enjoyed seeing Mia navigating this first day on the job with Elena. I thought it was pretty funny. It was. (laughs) Mia's like, okay, well, I'll be back later. And she's like, wait, what? She said, well, I'm an artist and this is when I do my best work and I'll be back in the afternoon. That's my window of time. Elena's like, well, I just can't imagine the dishes sitting there all day. (laughs) So funny. So when Mia gets back, the dishes are already done. She's like rolling her eyes like, oh my gosh. And of course, she goes snooping around the house, which I loved. I thought, who wouldn't do that? I mean, I I feel like most people would at least a little bit. I kind of thought she was being way too nosy. She went looking. She went through like everybody's room, basically. We've been asking, why is she the house manager? She knew. Elena wanted her to be there in the morning and go ahead and get started. And she said, no, I'm going to prioritize my art. That's where the bulk of my income comes. To me, that implies she doesn't really need this job. And she also doesn't really care if she keeps it. Why are you there then? If you don't need this job, why did you change your mind? Further, she's being nosy and looking around. Mm -hmm. Is it more plotted that she found to rent from her? You know, Pearl said she chooses where we go and she chooses what to study. Like, so is the Richardson family like her topic of study or she just happened upon these people she finds interesting? Yes. Do you know what? Think about when Moody and Pearl were in their house pearl and mia's house he goes and he's like whoa like look at this art and she's like you can't go in there and you think it's because of the weed or whatever right the pipe well then he sees that and she's like oh yeah no that that's fine but don't look at the pictures and we know she's taken a lot of pictures of the richardsons or i know at least elena i think she might be studying them it's so intriguing the house manager job is just to get to know them better pearl knows whatever she's on onto. Or at least knows something she's doing is weird. The fact that she wouldn't want her friend to be in there and see a bunch of pictures. But Pearl was surprised and seemingly weirded out. Yeah, she didn't tell her she was going to do that. Right. She's like, oh, I'll see you there after school because I'm going to be working there. I mean, I can imagine why she wouldn't want her mom to work for her new friends. Pearl's not necessarily in on all of it. She might not know it all, but she knows something. She knows Mm -hmm. enough to keep Moody out of the room. When she finds the criminal background check, Mia sees in the printer before Elena can get there and, you know, get it out of her sight. We get to see all these different Mia Warrens that came through. I couldn't see it long enough to know, oh, not her, not her, not her. You know, it was one of those, was that her? Like, could that have been her a long time ago? And her response was not, oh, thank God, mine's not in there. Yeah, she looked extremely concerned and i would think if i saw something like that mine's in the fax machine i know nobody's seen it yet i can see what time it came through i'll probably take mine out take it somewhere and burn it (laughs) yeah 
it didn't seem like any of them were her, you know, mostly panicked that, oh my God, she's looking into my background. You know, she's looking for a criminal record. She's looking into what's happening. Mia is so hard to read. I never know. She's one of those people that I think would be really uncomfortable to be around. She's a really good actress. She is able to have these emotions pass through her face that you're like, what was that? There's so many layers to her character. I feel like she's that kind of person that if she would be there, she'd be so quiet that you kind of would want more from her. Her boss said that. Did you catch that? He's like, you're really quiet, but you have a lot of layers. And I want to switch just right over to the comparison of Elena's reaction to seeing those criminal records. She didn't exactly look relieved. No. To me, as a journalist, that would mean she's thinking, okay, I've got to dig in further. I think that's what sent me into the panic of like, I've got to change the narrative going on in her head. I think Elena was confronted with more questions than answers. Both of their reactions were like something that I I really can't read. I don't know if Mia Warren was sitting there in that pile or not based on what I saw. But whenever she said the thing about the art trying to be something that's unrecognizable, that is what made me think, well, maybe one of those ladies was her. She has changed her appearance drastically since then. Okay, Steph. If you have somebody working in your house, is it awkward or rude to check references? It is awkward, but it's not unreasonable, I don't think, at all. It's so normal to me that you would want to check somebody's background. That's the whole reason they have things like Care.com. You would not let a stranger into your house to work without checking their references. No, I wouldn't. In fact, neither would I. When Hurricane Harvey, like flooded our house like a couple years ago we had to have a lot of workers in our house and every single one of them like came recommended or we checked their references elaine is being very non-confrontational to even worry that it's rude to check references like the fact that she's even being secretive about it now is this a time period thing because now all of this stuff is way more at your fingertips you can look up a background check on somebody online whereas then she had to go bribe the cop back in the day you know in the 90s (laughs) that was probably even more (laughs) commonplace to have to provide references fill out an application even or some sort of paperwork a contract an agreement yeah do you think that her being non-confrontational clashes with her being a journalist yeah it's weird to me the way she's handling this with Mia it's like and and going to Bill like I don't know what to do and he's like well you don't have to hire her it kind of goes back to what you were discussing last time it's like she wants to sort of give me a chance maybe out of the goodness of her heart like I'm just trying to help this woman I don't think Elena needs a house manager I don't think Mia needs to be a house manager but for some reason, Elena is offering this to her and trying to sort of, quote unquote, help her. Well, it's not like she put out an ad for a house manager. Actually, I think if she didn't know Mia, she definitely wouldn't be putting an ad no, for a house manager. She doesn't, she need doesn't one. seem to need one. No. So it has to only do with Mia. I have to go back where you were saying when she was talking to Bill on the phone and she was like, <laughs> okay, is that a husband-wife conversation or what? Yeah. She's like, Bill, you're not going to believe it. Going into all this detail about what, how weird this conversation, how off it was, which she's correct. It was right. weird. She should notice. Raise the red she's analyzing. And her husband's like, okay, yeah. Are you going to get the dry cleaning? Right. He's like on the phone working and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> you're missing the point. And he was like, okay, but what about the dry cleaning? <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, you don't have to, honey, if you don't like her, then just don't hire her. It's that simple. And she's like, you're not listening to me. Okay. Dry cleaning. <laughs> Right. That's totally typical married life conversation. I thought it was too. It's like you're trying to get across this very analytical thing and it's simplified down to like, well, then 
then just don't do that. And he came home with the dry cleaning himself, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was funny. <laughs> like, nice try. What do you think about Elena going ahead and doing the work that she hired Mia to do? I think that's typical Elena. I think that she had to. She couldn't help herself. Is she being a control freak? She's one of those people that's impossible to actually help because she has to have everything done a certain way. Or is she not being assertive enough here? She's a busy mom of three kids and she's working outside of the house and doing what appears to be everything. Right. It would be nice for somebody to just do these things. And she doesn't seem like the kind of personality who would, like, had this been any other person she hired, she wouldn't have just said, like, okay, you don't have to do the dishes right now. You know? Uh, You're absolutely right. It's like she would have said, well, this is the requirement of the job. A journalist is usually a very forward person looking for a scoop or able to assert themselves, and she's not asserting herself in this situation. But she's also not asserting herself by hosting a book club, like a fancy one that's going to be a lot of work. For a group of women that don't really appear to be good friends or great friends of hers. And for a play that she's not even interested in and didn't even read. Would you like to share the name of the play that they're reading? (laughs) She can't even say it. They're reading the vagina monologues. And she's like, she just is so embarrassed. She doesn't want to host. But I mean, come on, you're in a book club. It's a monthly thing. It's your turn to host. You didn't pick the book. Like, I could totally see how she's in this situation. I mean, have you ever been in a book club or some kind of study where you faked your interest or your participation? Of course. (laughs) Really? I was in a book club for a while. You don't want to read every single book, nor do you actually have time to read every single book. You show up and you're like, oh, yeah, I did. That was a phenomenal inspiration. No, I owned it. Just said, sorry, I didn't read it. And I'm here to to, like have my glass of wine and eat my order. I think that's completely acceptable. That's exactly what I would do. In fact, I am in a book club right now (laughs) and they're reading a book. They are reading a book that I'm not into. Um, I am reading another book that I am into. It's called <laughs> Little Fires Everywhere. Right. <laughs> More but, important things to read. But I'm not into this book and I'm not pretending to be. Like Exactly. Like don't You know what? It a lot of them love it. Or they're she pretending to, get, to love it. <laughs> she tried to get Izzy to sort of figure out what that was about. She tried to talk to the friend about it. She just did not want to read this book. She didn't even want to talk about it. She's like, it's not a book. It's a play. Like, she just was hilariously not into this. Well, and it doesn't help the questions that this lady is asking. How does your vagina express itself in this moment? (laughs) mortified, Elena was telling one of the friends. But she's a gynecologist. I mean, you'd think after seeing them all day, you would want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I think Elena is being very uptight about it. For sure. I'm not embarrassed to say the word vagina, but I really don't have a good comment on... If your vagina could speak, what would it say? (laughs) And then she's like, and we'll start with you, Elena. That I've never thought that in a million... I mean, Right. I've never thought about it. My body parts and what they would say. But she's so funny because she didn't read it. So she's like, I thought it was funny and rompy. Rompy. (laughs) Is that even a word? I don't think so. It was kind of rompy. And then she was like, the other lady was like, what are you talking about? She's like, what about the Bosnian rape victims? And she's like, well, not that part. <laughs> I would have just been like, you know what? I didn't read it. Yes. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Back to my current book club. Now I'm curious. Like, do they like it or they just feel like committed? <laughs> are you going to ask this question when you go to the book club? <laughs> you know what you could do is listen to a book on tape. Do you remember when our twin mom group had a book club? 
I do. I always read them, but I never was able to get out and go to the club. <laughs> we had this one that was, I'm glad I listened to it on tape because it was the longest, most drawn out book. And like, I actually listened to the entire thing. And when, when I got to book club, like nobody else had read it. Oh. They're like, this was super hard to get through. I was like, yeah, I agree. What was it? It was the one about the vampire. Nope didn't read it we are way down a rabbit hole rabbit hole squirrel <laughs> so back to the book club and how uncomfortable elena is she just says oh i'm surprised it wasn't more about motherhood and she's like well it was what about the last one where she talks about giving birth and she is clearly sort of flailing about in this discussion and mia sort of steps in from the side of the room as she's refilling the hors d'oeuvres to back Elena up and say, well, you know what? I think Elena has a point. What she's really trying to say is this. And so she saves her. Yeah, she's like about to completely humiliate herself. It's the first time Mia acts like she doesn't really hate her. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> I feel like every moment before then, it's either like, I'm indifferent about you. I really don't like you. I can read you like a book. You're basic. On a side note to just that comment, I wrote down that like every time Elena says something to Mia, Mia looks like she has a mouthful of like lemons that she's like trying not to squirm. <laughs> it's like she is like so it's like a bad taste in her mouth. And yes. Mia is just sort of like trying to keep a straight face. I have to admit that people like Elena give me a bad taste in my mouth. too. <laughs> I do see the good in them and I our world needs people like that. But the way that she's so perfectionist image conscious mm -hmm. control freak impossible to help it's almost like mia is like scrunching her nose like trying not to make a face every time elena says something she looks like she's in pain i want to talk about elena barging into mia's house i mean she did knock do you think it was cool that just because she's the landlord, like, she knocked, they didn't answer, she just comes in? No, but that was her excuse. Why do you think she went there other than her excuse of, like, handing her the keys? He also was needed to confront her. She had just found out that the guy didn't know her at all. Yeah, the first reference was a fake number. But when she gets there, first thing, she smells the weed. Then she sees the weed. And what's her first response? Place looks great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love what you've done with the place. So funny that she was being like, again, non-confrontational. I like when she goes, the numbers must have gotten mixed up. And Elena's like, well, can I get the unmixed up numbers? <laughs> I was like, okay. But then she takes that moment to sort of be condescending again. And she goes, so I think for tonight I've decided brisket because it's just easy. Oh. is the way she just said it. Like, because it's just easy. Like, I can't really trust you to make some sort of complicated meal. However, she didn't make brisket. She made meatloaf. She sort of like cussed under her breath after she left. Like, oh, crap, I can't even make a brisket. So she made a meatloaf. She didn't have faith in Mia that she'd get anything more complicated than a brisket. You thought she was cussing under her breath? She did. She didn't have to, I, yeah, I heard her. Oh. But she was, it wasn't because of the brisket. It was because she just called her out on her well, that's references true, yeah. being false. Or both. And oh, they gosh. weren't. If your landlord just realizes that your references oh, were okay, fake, okay, or your landlord wants you to make a brisket in four <laughs> hours, which one is going to be the most cussable? Reference. However, when she makes the meatloaf, she puts Ritz crackers in it as her breadcrumbs. Didn't you think it was funny that her their whole family was like, oh my gosh, this is we awesome. Love That's this. how my so mom good. used to do it. Yeah. Even Elena was like, oh, this is delicious. And they're like, yeah, she uses the Ritz crackers. And then she was like, oh. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. 
for the first time ever, Mia and Elena have kind of a breakthrough in their relationship over wine. They're like actually laughing. Yeah. And Elena says, do you think Pearl likes you? This conversation was really interesting because Elena said, well, you've never had to think about it because she does like you. Yeah. When they don't like you, it's all you think about. And then all of a sudden this nostalgia like really kicks in. And I don't know if it's part of the wine happening, but you can see that they're both getting emotional in this conversation. Mm -hmm. She's saying she remembers how her little babies needed her and loved her and now when she wants to hold them and hug on them she just can't you can't yeah the title of the episode is called seeds and all she compares it to just smelling an apple and wanting to eat it seeds and all but just being able to just smell it and mia agrees for once with elena (laughs) that's exactly what it's like which is really funny that she agrees with her because she seems to have a totally better relationship with her daughter Mm -hmm. and that she can be affectionate to her daughter. I thought it was funny that she really related so heavily to that nostalgia, but it goes back to, is there a baby that she lost and wants to hold and she can't and it has escaped her? Elena says she feels like she took motherhood for granted and just thinking that they would always want her and need her, but she's realized that she's the one that really needed them. I think that's probably what a lot of mothers would say is true. My kids are six and eight when they're younger and it's just literally surviving the day and every single mother is like, oh, just cherish these moments. They don't last forever and Mm -hmm. hold your babies because they grow up and I didn't really find those words super comforting at that time because I'm thinking like, I haven't slept in days, woman. Like, I could use a minute by myself. It's true as even as six and eight, they're less affectionate and and needing me and more independent. Well, and to be more clear, yeah, you have six, six and eight. You have twins. Yeah, two six-year-olds and an eight-year-old. I definitely see why the older mothers tell us, you know, when you're in it, though, and there's literally people hanging on you all day long, I didn't find it too comforting. I think as mothers and our children age, it's easy to see how you do miss those times when they just literally cry for you and are happy the moment you pick them up. It's hard to not take it for granted, but it's it's a very wise thing to realize that you need them, too. Mm -hmm. You'll be sad when they aren't coming to you for everything or when they're going to somebody else that will make you deeply sad mothering little ones is it's just so nonstop. it can be overwhelming the whole conversation about wanting to devour them seeds and all I mean I was thinking back and remember when they're little and you're just like oh I'm gonna eat you up and you're like kiss all over them and even talk about the way a baby smells or you know you just want to hold them and and be close to them. So it is kind of like that. You just want to like have every part of them. I guess that doesn't go away as they get older. You're like, I guess. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, but like, I still feel that way about my kids. And I, I guess I always will. Yeah. Now that I've survived it and I actually get to sleep through the night, I can more positively look back and say, oh, I do miss the little baby stage when you could hold them and just rock them to sleep. And I, um, was holding my friend's two-year-old the other day and she was like falling asleep in my arms and I was just literally cherishing it. And she was like, please don't put her to sleep. It's almost nighttime. Like, and I said, really, you're not going to let me rock her to sleep. She's practically asleep in my arms. (laughs) She's like, please don't. I'm like, but do you know how long it's been since I've rocked a baby to sleep? She wouldn't let me do it. I was like, come on. 
but you get it right yeah I just wanted to hold her and rock her I was like responsibility of and busyness of it takes to just fulfill their basic needs is so much. And then also, if you add that you want them to be like kind and productive and independent right. and contributing humans one day, it's like it can be That's a lot. so overwhelming. And then you forget that you want to make sure that you're enjoyable to them. You want to make sure that they like you. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of forget that because if you're trying to do so much that it is really easy to lose sight of what is really important to you your kids liking you isn't like the most important thing but like it makes things a lot nicer if you guys have a good relationship but that's what Elena's saying too if she if your kid doesn't like you it's all you think about like imagine you know I couldn't imagine that but it does happen oh yeah it definitely happens I know I mean and people bring it up like strained relationships between parents and kids you know it's a big deal and I don't like saying this but Parents who are like Elena and they feel a need to control every little thing about their kids' behavior and looks and attitudes and images and responses and all of that stuff, all that social stigma stuff, they end up being the parents that have the more complicated relationships um, than parent that's more accepting of however their kid is, Mm -hmm. just can kind of laugh at like, oh, that's how they are, you know, or more flexible, laid back parents. I feel like are more likely to have a positive relationship with their kids than the parents that are trying to orchestrate every situation. There's sort of a parallel between something Izzy's dealing with and something Pearl's dealing with and the different responses they get from their mother. It's sort of wrapped up in this whole wine drinking conversation, but Pearl is dealing with an issue at school. She wants to be put into an AP class and the counselor sort of just ignoring her and assuming she's from Cleveland and commuting to the school. And she comes to Mia and says, he won't let me into my class I want. That's at the restaurant when Mia's like noticing the other waitress. And she's like, you're not even listening to me. And Mia's basically like, you can advocate for yourself. You got this. Like, you know, I believe in you. She writes a letter to the counselor and then she ends up showing it to Elena asking for her advice. Elena immediately swoops in like, like she would for any other child and just handles it. But Pearl got immediate reaction from Elena, like, oh, my gosh, this is not right. I'm going to take care of this for you, and I'm going to step in and help you. And from Mia, she got, you got this. Like, you handle it. I totally noticed that. Her own mom seems kind of checked out about her problem and that Elena is, like, pretty busy, but, like, handle it for you. Yeah. But then the flip thing happens. The same thing happens with Izzy Yeah. trying to go to her mother. They're on the first day of school and they're trying to take a school picture. I thought it was funny. Elena was like, you're not in an execution. I was like, she is so unhappy. And then she did actually say like, honey, what's wrong? And Izzy's trying to express like, I, what if, you know, I don't want to go. Like, what if I'm not going to fit in? And she's like, you'll be fine, honey. Like, you'll be smile fine. Smile for the picture. Smile. Yeah. Give her a hug. Cheer her up. Yeah. Come. She just blows her off. Like, it's fine. You, you'll do good. Then after she has a rough day at school, Mia is at the house doing her, you know, manager duties. Immediately picks up on this for Izzy. She's like, so I always make this for Pearl, the sandwich for Pearl when you had a bad day. And she's like, how do you know I had a bad day? It's like, she just knows, you know, she can pick up on it. Yeah. She just said, how bad was it? Like she didn't say like, how was your day at school? She was like, how bad was it? She knows. That's that whole other dynamic of Izzy and Mia connect. She didn't get that response from her mother. So it's very parallel with these daughters and mothers. Did you notice that Izzy liked to cuss in front of Mia? Yeah. It was just like her way of, I don't know, connecting with her. Just kind of like, I can say whatever I want to her. 
I don't, just because she's an adult, I don't have to speak a certain way to her. And she could never talk like that to her mom. No. She fussed at Moody. Brother, like, stole his cereal away or did something that was like a jerk move. And he said something to him that was very... Mild. Yeah. And she was like, watch your language. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, obviously... You see what he just did to me? Like Back, though, to the whole Mia and Elena are drinking wine and talking about this whole motherhood thing. Elena's sort of complimenting me and saying, you've done such a good job with Pearl and it's great that she can sort of advocate for herself and I didn't mind stepping in and helping her. And so that's when Mia realizes that like Pearl went to Elena is what it looks like. So when she got up and stormed away right then, Mm -hmm. did you think, was she mad that Elena helped or was she feeling really like a lot of mom guilt that she had kind of blown Pearl off on that? I'm just assuming it sort of stemmed from the like freak out moment of like my daughter's going to someone else and like getting that connection from Elena because remember she's already picked up on that a little bit and so I think that's freaking her out that she's her daughter's connecting to this woman Pearl didn't mention it that night whenever she went in and so the very first thing she does is she goes to um, Pearl and she was like hey did you ever get your math class figured out you know like after she already knew and I think she was testing Pearl to be like Right. See what Pearl would tell her. And Pearl's like, yeah, I, I advocated for myself just like you told me to. Mm-hmm. Which, in her defense, like she did. She wrote a really she nice She didn't letter. ask she just Elena asked, to jump in. No, she just said, you're a real writer. Will you proofread my letter? I want to make sure this is impressive. But Mia doesn't know that. It seems like Pearl went to Elena for help. I mean, I could see how she would feel a little stepped on, I guess you would say. Yeah. But at the same time, I think she feels guilty because Pearl did try to talk to her about it. And she was like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Like, very aloof. Flip it around. Mia had a conversation with Izzy because Izzy was talking about the bullies. Who's going to defend you? You know, if you don't defend yourself, who's going to defend you? Right. Think about what got Izzy in trouble with the music teacher. Yeah. This teacher is like constantly demeaning this girl named Jessica, it seems like. Yeah. What's up, <laughs> Jessica? <This teacher. laughs> Jessica is constantly messing everything up. Izzy, like, loses her mind on her just coming to her defense. Mia had just told her, like, Who's going to defend you if you don't defend yourself? It's almost like that same compassionate heart. You know how Mia was kind of looking into the waitress. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Izzy's looking into Jessica getting picked on by the teacher and she's just not going to have it. And the other girls were teasing her too. Or teasing Izzy. So she's already like kind of worked up. She was irritated because of that, but she didn't go off um, on them. I thought she was going to go off on them. I think she... You know, kind of had a reason to, but she went off. Teacher. <laughs> she snapped her baton in half. <laughs> what in the heck Pearl is doing with Moody? Like, what's going on? Is she like leading him on, friend zoning him or something? Or does she like him? Kind of seems like she's into his older brother, Trip. So, with the joke that Trip made to Moody about him not fitting in with the girls, it seemed like he was joking that he may or may not be gay. So, my question was in my head is. Are Moody and Pearl just friends? Does Moody see it as just friends? Or does he see something more? But then in this episode, we see them hanging out at the apartment and they end up holding hands and they're, yeah, they had like a moment. Clearly, you can see too, and anytime she runs into, into trip, she's, you know, smiling or blushing or whatever. So, yeah, he even wrote like Kurt Cobain lyrics on her arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, another 90s reference there. Love it. I feel like. This is something that could turn into this is something be a problem. else. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, Moody's falling for her. I mean, in a way that he's never really been that social. He actually shocked his mom whenever she realized that he had, like, gone out on his own and, like, made a friend. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, Pearl, she's moved a bunch of times. She knows how to make new friends. I think she's going to cause some pain for him if too. she ends up going after that, going after Trip, Especially because Trip's kind of a jerk to Moody anyway. Or it could be a source of extra drama. Do you remember when, and I'm going back to that letter, I wanted to, I wish I would have said this earlier. Whenever Pearl and Elena had read the letter that she wrote to the guidance counselor, they left it on the kitchen counter. Well, then after they all leave the room, Lexi, the older sister, you know, walks in and like reads the letter and all of a sudden has this like idea. I think it's the Yale uh, submission essay. I feel like it's an idea that's also going to cause drama. There's little fires everywhere, Mm -hmm. Steph. Trip and Pearl seem to be one. Lexi and Pearl seem to be one. Mia doesn't like Elena and Pearl's relationship. I made a prediction that I think Pearl is going to have something to do with the house. Burning. So you think Lexi might be more of a troublemaker than she appears? Because I don't feel like Lexi has much going on as far as the plot. Lexi's character, it just exists to be an annoyance to how different Izzy is. Right. Compared to Lexi, she eats a popsicle for breakfast mm-hmm. instead of drinking a slim fast. <laughs> <laughs> She's just that juxtaposition. To highlight how different Izzy is. What keeps sticking out in my mind a lot is just all these little one-liners that Mia keeps throwing in there about people not knowing who they really are or not really willing to look at themselves. Even at the end when she's talking to the other waitress, she just says this Jamaican saying that means what you say could kill you. So she just has all these moments where she says these foreboding comments, I guess. Okay, Steph, do you have any predictions? I am very curious about Mia working for Elena. So I'm very curious to see if any more information comes out about Mia's past or what she's hiding. And I'm also very interested in Izzy. I really like her as a character. I'm just curious to see how this Izzy and Elena thing can escalate. Um, Especially since we saw like a little inkling of them coming together, sharing a vulnerable moment. If they will become better friends or become better mothers by feeding off of one another because they seem to be polar opposites sometimes having that polar opposite friend in your life can help you kind of come more towards the middle and um, in a way that's positive i really just want to know who set the fire (laughs) who did it do you think that's going to be like the very last of the series or we're going to find out some more I think that we're going to be led all over the place. I don't see this show doing a lot of flashbacks. You know how on This Is Us, there's a lot of like, you know, what's going on now? What happened back then? And I don't think we're, I think we're literally going to see this play out as it played out. Except when we did get our 1983 flashback. Right. But I mean, it's not the way that they're telling the story. So I do, I don't mind a good flashback, but I don't think that's how they're going to tell the story. We definitely need to find out more about Mia's past to really yeah. know. Did she lose a baby? Did she hmm, have to so interesting. abort a baby? Did she give a baby up for adoption? Did what? Did her baby die? 
And if so, did Pearl know about it or remember it? Does she know? Did you look at any of the previews for the upcoming episodes? There's some hints about the co-worker's daughter, the waitress at the Chinese restaurant. Oh, the waitress's daughter. We see some sort of information. I don't know. It's very cryptic, but it's intriguing. I have officially followed all of the Little Fires Everywhere, Instagram and Twitter and everything. So I am like creeping the pages for information. You are such a little sleuth. (laughs) Reading what Reese Witherspoon is tweeting, trying to figure out what's happening. Follow us on Twitter to get more updates and information from us at Tweet2Steph. S-T-E-F and tweet to Lauren, L-A-U-R-Y-N and also follow all of our pod clubhouse profiles on all platforms. This is Lauren. This is Steph. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original pod clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Ah.